0: Oh.
1: The world is but the surface of the mind, and the mind is infinite. Well, I hope you folks enjoy yourselves. strong? Oh, uh, yeah, strong is good. Welcome to the Urban Guru Café. This week we continue to revisit some of the
2: programs that we've already made. John Grevin. It seems to be important to get over the idea of yourself, in a sense, where there isn't a somebody who's going to get this enlightenment thing, or somebody who's going to be walking on water after they get this enlightenment thing. But for most people in the search, it is about achieving something, about getting something, because that's been what we've been conditioned for our entire lives. This is something out there to add to what I am. That's how we tend to operate. You know, there's a motivation there for me. And as long as that's in place, what's being pointed to isn't going to be seen. It's just going to be missed entirely. Because what this me is, being just a thought, cannot accumulate anything. There can be more thoughts. This concept of me can be refined defined changed into whatever but that's still a change and it's something new so it's not what's being pointed to at all. around the entire market, there's all this self-help out there and ways of becoming and gaining and getting for yourself. The first steps in uncovering the truth of that are to begin the question of who am I? And in asking who am I, what seems to occur is thoughts begin to watch themselves in a sense and you begin to look at where this thought of me comes from and what it is inevitably you end up examining what's going on in the brain or what the brain itself is. And it seems to be really nothing more than a machine where at some point when we were very little, people were looking at you going, aren't you cute? Do you want this? Are you hungry? And this basic program developed within the brain that was referencing this me, uh, whether it be about the body or about an idea of a person in the head, I don't know. But over time, this concept just developed in the brain where it became kind of like a loop in a computer. So that anything that happened got run through this loop. If you stubbed your toe, then it got run through this loop, and all of a sudden, I stubbed my toe. When hunger rises in the body, it gets run through this loop, and so I'm hungry. And over time, it becomes a totally self-focused, self-centered loop, if you will, about this organism. And the search seems to come up when this organism feels like or there's a feeling that something's missing. Something's not complete. I'm not happy. Gets run through this loop and all of a sudden there's a me that's missing and needing something. In the beginning steps I think I'm questioning who am I is the beginning of deconstructing that and seeing that it really is nothing more than a thought. That this person in the machine is absolutely nothing more than an idea or a concept that can't do anything. Even if uh, I asked you to put your hand on your leg and raises—that's simple to do. And, but if I ask you how you did it, you wouldn't be able to tell me, uh, because there really is no one doing it. It's just stimulus and response.
0: John Wheeler. Well, first of all, what I found is that it tends to work a little bit better to look at the true nature of what we are, in other words, what we were just talking about. There's this being and knowing essence that is at the core of all our experiencing on this foundation or on this core presence itself. So I found, and I'm just uh, talking from my experience of this, is that what was actually the most important point was to be very clear on what is being pointed to here as this kind of positive truth of who we are or or what's real because it's such a key aspect of this so i like to really focus on that to make sure that's clear now this other discussion of whether there's a separate eye and how we would look for it and so on and so forth that's a little bit of a different discussion but you know we can certainly talk about that too my view of that is that that's a way of talking about where the experience of limitation or suffering or inadequacy or something like that comes in to trace that to its core in our experience and that's that notion of that separation because in other words if we just abide in this moment with no concept just as what is present there is no suffering there's no seeking there's no problem there's no separation at all in fact there's nobody there there's no definition of any limited entity at all and so that's perfectly full and complete And yet, in life, when that aspect isn't really clear, we can experience a sense of separation or limitation or suffering. And uh, as we start to explore that and understand where that's coming from or what it's based on, we start to see how it's conceptual, how it's based on certain images and patterns and identifications in the mind. And when we continue looking at that, we discover that the root of those concepts is the notion that what I am is a limited, separate, defective person that somehow stands apart from the deeper truth of things. And so in exploring that concept, to see if that concept is true, that's what I'm talking about, looking for that. Uh, So when we're curious about what is the root of this conceptual suffering that we may feel, and we understand why it ultimately comes down to this notion of the existence of a separate self, then we're looking into our experience to see, is there any evidence of such a thing? And it brings us actually back to the same thing that we're starting with, and that is when we look to see what's truly here, there's no separated individual person at all, it's just a pure concept. way what you're saying is very different from how people may construe that investigation so what you're in a sense saying is that investigation is pointing to that same sense of being that is always there it's not pointing you to find something because there's nothing there except for that knowing that exists and within that there is no separation and there is no you so in a way all you're doing is is it's not a practice it's actually another way of pointing you to that beingness It's not an exploration that needs to happen again and again. Yeah, I found that once it's turned into a practice, then the the notion of the practice or the attainment is, again, based on the assumption that somehow you've separated from this natural uh, being itself. Essentially, what you find is there's this, this notion that might arise that I stand separate from the being, and that becomes the basis of all of our troubles. You can't be a seeker or a sufferer, or have a question or a doubt or a problem as that pure non-conceptual presence and so the root of all of that activity is always this assumption that I've moved apart from that, that I've somehow stood apart from pure being itself. So when we question that to basically look and see have I separated from that, have I moved away from the pure awareness itself, however we want to point to that, to see if there's any evidence that there has been any actual separation. And what we find is we find the exact same insight that we saw originally, which is all that we discover is our identity as that pure being itself. Exactly like you say, we don't find anything. We find that the assumed separation isn't real, hasn't happened. It's created by belief and buy-in into the thoughts that are arising. Yeah. If we're just very direct in our experience of feeling any kind of, of limitation, it's a concept of being separate and limited and uh, being somehow cut off from the deeper harmony of things. And they're all the same thing. Every question, every doubt, every seeking, every worry, every fear like that, everything in the mind that arises is always rooted in that core assumption. And that's why, you know, rather than having to tackle all of these issues like psychological issues like trying to work it all out right once we can see that it's all an extension of that core assumption then all we have to do is look at the core assumption and it's not a practice it's just a looking to see if that assumption is true and in recognizing that it's not true in our own direct experience then the belief in that concept is overcome Another way that Stephen suggests that we examine what we are is to look at what we are in terms of time and space.
1: Stephen Wingate.
3: If we were to define reality in terms of space and time, I want to know what's real because I'm fed up with suffering. If you were to say, uh, define reality, is reality yesterday, right now, or tomorrow? I want to use a concept that there is some reality. Granted, it's a concept because I'm suffering. I want to be free of the suffering. I could say there is no reality. I could say that there is no now. But see, that's still a concept, too. But that hasn't helped free me from my suffering. So I want to take this concept at least for a little while so that we can use it to be free of the suffering. So I want to define reality in terms of time. So if we had to define reality in terms of time, would it be yesterday, right now, or tomorrow? I would say right now, just for the time being. Granted, it's a concept, but let's just go with that concept So reality in terms of time is right now, in my own direct experience. You know, I don't need anybody's theory or I don't need to read any books about reality. I'm defining reality for myself because I'm fed up with reading books and I'm fed up with suffering. So I see I'm defining reality in terms of space and time. In terms of time, right now is real. Now in in my own direct experience. Now what about in terms of space in my own direct experience? Is reality over there? Is reality somewhere else in my own direct experience, or is it right here, wherever I am? So it's right here, wherever I am, because I want to know my own reality. I'm not interested in your reality. I'm not interested in any philosopher's description and definition of reality. I want to know my own definition of reality, because I've seen that all my suffering is imaginary, yet that suffering is still trying to sneak in. So apparently I haven't seen reality So that's why I'm doing this little conceptual process. So in terms of space and time, my reality, and you can define it for yourself, my reality is right here, right now.
0: Given that from our own direct experience we are right here and right now, Stephen asks us to examine what is right here and right now.
3: And Dan, time is a construct that most people would buy into.
4: Yeah, time is that thing which allows us to play out that story. And within a convention of the story, there has to be such a thing as time, otherwise you know it really won't well make sense. Um, it can be very much an abstraction to the mind to actually think about there's never such a thing as time. Um, from the perspective of an the individual, there obviously is. But because this already is done and complete and already and finished and done already, there isn't any time. Um, it's just this.
1: When you've fallen awake And you take
4: stock of the new day. And you hear
3: your voice croak as you choke on what you need to
2: say. Well, don't you fret, don't you fear. I will give you good cheer.
4: Life's a long song. There isn't any time, Um, it's just this. Within that time is just simply just another phenomenon that appears and arises within this you know so there isn't any time it's just all there is is this and it's, it's nothing and it's apparently appearing and then in order for the appearance to change there has to be the the kind of time is not the enemy again it's like this thing about the mind not being the enemy it's not these things are just simply things that have to arise within the convention so that there can be an appearance and it does take the juice out of the whole thing It does take the hard edges out of the world and make them soft because it's just rather than. I think what happens is before this scene, everything is a movement towards it, it's a journey and a path towards getting it. But I think once there's a scene of it, it just simply appears as a celebration of it and it's beautiful. And then that's kind of like it doesn't really have to happen, but it's beautiful that it does happen. It's nice and it's fine, it but it doesn't have to. And it's just an expression and an explosion out of it. And it's just a celebration. It's just one of celebrating itself. Um, and then the question obviously comes up, "Well, why? And there's no answer to that. <laughs> and we can talk about uh, it. We can be very poetic and romantic about it and say that it, you know, it's just playing with itself. But it's kind of bouncing. You know, bouncing off itself all the time. So it's one of the first things that that kind of really came to me is that like, even this here, Aretti and Dan, it's just... Um, it's just simply one that's bouncing off itself all the time. There isn't anything else but that, so it can only bounce off against itself like patterning. And the way that it does that is that it has to, you know, these forms are, are manifesting, they come up, you know, and it's, it's just hitting against itself. Wherever it moves, it's only moving into itself and bouncing into itself all the time. And you get this movement, this flowing, this bouncing and patterning energy. It's all the one same energy. And it's beautiful, and it's just so it can bounce against itself talk to itself you know <laughs> so that's that's yeah it's really and, and that really just take the weight out of it because it's almost like well none of this has really has any meaning or any, any consequence or any relevance it's just the same thing it's really beautiful
2: you say you're sorry for telling stories that you no, I believe a true I just can't do what I've done before I just can't beg you anymore
1: Seekers are hooked into the concept of process. They think that they're in a process yeah. and they're going towards a future time of attainment, attainment and that's all time-based down, right, you're suffering is worry about the next moment instead of staying with this moment and watching the thing resolving itself watching the disappearance which is taking you back to the emptiness introducing you back to your true nature but no no that's not good enough I've got to anticipate this next pain that's going to be worse than the last one essence of it is that the vibrations is coming out of that emptiness you say
3: stay as this actuality as the pure seeing can you explain this point
1: the actuality is what is isn't it so that's self sort of explanatory the instruction to stay with it is erroneous because you are that but to move away from conceptualization and just be the seeing is a pointer to that which is. So seeing is happening, what is, is. So what's getting in the way of recognizing the clarity or the what I say is everything is clear and obvious. What's getting in the way of that can only be conceptualizing. And the conceptualizing appears in the seeing and disappears in the seeing. So if you attach yourself to the conceptualizing, there's a sense of coming and going which is vulnerable. But if you're the seeing, if that's what you are, then be that. Then the sense of coming and going is seen to come and go and it doesn't drag you with it. It's all about recognition. But the key point is that the cognition is already happening. The seeing is already happening. But the idea that I see or I know comes and goes. There's no I that sees or knows anything, and that concept of I see comes and goes. So when you see that that concept is not what you are, then you must be beyond that identified consciousness. So you're free of that identified consciousness. You were never really bound by it, but the belief is I am that concept, me, or whatever it plays itself out as what's absolutely clear and obvious is that in the seeing nothing is really happening you know if you go back into that space where the seeing is seemingly taking place we assume that it's inside behind the eyes inside the head even if you go back in there with the attention and explore that space it's clear and empty you can't find anyone there you can't find any point where you can say this is where I am So that's clear and obvious that there's no one there doing the seeing, it's just seeing. So that seeing has no center, it has no boundary. So it is that one without a second, which includes the whole universe. There's no separation between you and whatever is being seen. But we assume that I'm here and I'm seeing that out there. So the world appears to be other than what I am. And I take myself to be in the world. But it's actually erroneous because what I am here as a body-mind organism is also an appearance in the scene. Everything that appears, appears in that scene. So the seeing is prior to what appears. Doesn't matter if it's a Mack truck flying down the highway or the finest spider's web or the finest material. It's all appearance and it's equal as an appearance. It's like this analogy of the mirror. The mirror doesn't discriminate between the things that it reflects. You know, an elephant is reflected in the mirror just as an ant or a mouse. They're equal as appearances. This problem that we have, so-called we, is that I take myself to be this separate thing in the appearances separate from other appearances, and there's an assumption that I can get something from some other appearance, or give something, if you're a guru, you're saving everybody. The truth is, one appearance cannot give anything to another appearance, they're just appearances, and it's all appearing in the seeing. So there's only one seeing happening, there's only one awareness, there's only one consciousness, whatever label you put on it, it's one without a second. And this clear space, I call it a clear space of knowing, which is intimately known right here, right now, by everybody, it's the most intimate so-called thing that you know. But we put a label on that saying I, or me, and then to that me, we add a story of me, which is all just part of the appearance. And in that story, there's a problem. And the problem is that it's not real. It has conflicts with other appearances because the others don't support this erroneous belief in me.
3: This image that you may have of yourself.
1: And so in the appearance one seeks out other human beings who support this story of me. Hello you, hello me Hello people we used to be isn't it strange we never changed we've been through it all yet we're still the same and i know it's a
3: miracle we still go for all we know
1: we might still have a way to go the most subtle thing that we know of is space it's clear it's empty it's nothing We can see it, but we can't see it. We can see space and volume. We can see apparent distance between here and there. But if you investigate that, it's just a subtle belief. So whatever's perceiving the most subtle thing, it has to be beyond whatever's being perceived to perceive it. That's why if you're identified with the story of me, the seeing appears to be obscured. You know, and I've got a story about, oh, well, I wasn't aware. You know, I got lost and I had this drama happen and I wasn't there. But it's bullshit. There's no way that what you truly are was anywhere else but here. During everything that happens. Because it's timeless. Give me that thing.
3: Oh, that's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue Cause I can do the boogaloo I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing and That's why I sing Gimme, give gimme, give Gimme that, gimme that, gimme, gimme, gimme that, gimme that, give me that.
1: cafe give me that thing
0: the urban guru cafe is produced in Australia give me that thing